0: This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pentecostal Periodical Magazine, a 501c3 ministry with writers who believe and live apostolic doctrine. A few writers include Kelly Nix, Scott Phillips, Samantha Thrash, Neil Purcell, Larry Chalkland, Jeff Arnold, and more. You can subscribe at www.pentecostalperiodical.com. If you would like to join our writing team or would like to make a donation, email us at info@pentecostalperiodical.com. Today we've got a very special guest with us. We have Mary Hudson, an author, a speaker. I'm very excited about what God's got in store for this, uh, this session, this episode. Um, so before we go any further, uh, Sister Hudson, why don't you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your background, where you are right now.
1: Sure. Okay. Um, so I am a New England girl as well. I grew up in Connecticut. grew up in a family of um, 12 brothers and sisters. Um, and I grew up in a minister's home. My dad was an evangelist before he married my mother. Um, they evangelized for a little while after that. And then um, they started a church in New England. We moved to Connecticut when I was just six years old, lived there for the, you know, all of my schooling years. Um, left New England when I was 18 years old and flew out to Stockton, California to attend Christian Life College. So there I graduated um, in 1990 with my bachelor's degree at Christian Life College. Um, Man, and I have so many amazing, um, just impactful um, events that happened in Stockton while I was there. Um, Prayer was one of the things that um, Reverend um, Kenneth Haney and his wife, they were so influential in prayer and they would be at the church praying at 5 in the morning. So immediately when I um, found out that there's a prayer meeting at 5 in the morning, I wanted to be a part of this Um, and it had a huge impact on my life. Brother and Sister Haney are amazing people. Sister Haney to this day remains one of my mentors. Um, she's an amazing lady of God. If you know anything about her, you know that she's published several books and she's an amazing person. So now I um, just fast-forwarding several years later, um, my husband and I we actually met in Indianapolis at General Conference at a General Conference, and um, I was working for the Tupelo Children's Mansion at the time. I worked there for two years. Um, and we just happened to bump into each other at general conference. I never met him a day, never had a conversation with him. We didn't know each other, Um, and we um, just started communicating. We married, and um, just fast forward, just 11, 11 months later, we were working at Indiana Bible College. We ministered there for 15 years. During that time is when I had both of my kids. I have two children. Um, My son is the oldest. He's 25. His name is Gentry. My daughter is Rissa um, Fontaine. She's married. um, And we're expecting our first grandbaby at any time. Um, She's actually due the first of May. So um, we're super excited about that. And we have been pastoring. We uh, we left Indiana Bible College and moved to Fishers, um, Indiana in 2002 we started a Bible study out of our garage, which was um, just an amazing thing. We just started someone, we were having a garage sale. Someone came to our garage sale and immediately asked if we could start a Bible study. in the neighborhood and I said I would be happy to do that we didn't know each other from Adam but somehow she was drawn to drawn to me and asked me if I would be willing to do that and I said I'd be happy to she showed up on my front door just a few days later on Monday morning and um, she had her Bible tucked under her little boy Charlie with her she was ready for Bible study so we started a Bible study in our home and that grew into a church and so we've been pastoring Life Connections Church for 18 years, and um, we just passed our 18-year mark in March, um, and it's been an amazing journey. It really has. We started with so many people from our neighborhood coming to our Bible studies, being baptized, being filled with the Spirit, um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful journey, It's and it still is to, you know. Um, we've had our bumps in the road we've had a lot of ups and downs, but it's been a beautiful journey so
0: wow that's that's incredible. I always love hearing about stories about people that start Bible studies or start churches in their houses, that live in rooms, their garages <clears throat> wherever, and then just to to know that God blesses those things because. I mean I just did a series at uh, my home church on faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice. You know, And when you make sacrifices and you commit things to God, God just blesses and blesses and blesses because God is never going to owe you anything. So when you invest in the kingdom of God, God is going to give it back more tenfold. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. That's incredible.
1: Yes.
0: So elephant uh, in the room. Actually, that, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Actually, I just want to interject here and just say that we were um, we started our our church out of our home, moved to an elementary school. We were there for five years, but then God literally blessed us with property here in Fishers, Indiana, which is a huge miracle because back then, twenty years ago, acres were going for ninety five thousand an acre, um, and God gave us that property, and we built a church on that property, and today. Our congregation, you know, the members, the membership is about 300. So, God is truly blessed, and we are super excited about what God has done for us. Amen.
0: I love to hear that. So, the elephant has left the room. This is a book that Sister Hudson has written. Um, How long ago? How long ago did you actually publish that?
1: This week I just published. It's only been published for maybe a month.
0: Oh wow! Um, So. came across my radar I had to get myself a copy um, I read it incredible absolutely incredible and i I, I love the depth and, and and the the practical applications um, tell us tell us uh just a little bit about it and uh, where you were in, why you were inspired to write it
1: okay so I was literally um, up for my early morning devotions one morning and um, What's beautiful is during those times I would just choose um, a, ch- a chapter during that time during that season. Sometimes I follow a plan, but during the season I just chose the chapter and came across the, the Beatitudes. And I was just curious, like I want to know what it truly means to be poor in spirit, and what it you know, what these Beatitudes really mean. Um, and so. I literally wept that morning crying, just realizing how much I think Christianity has just missed the mark on how to truly have the attitude of Christ. And um, we look at these things and without an in-depth study, if you look at, you know, being poor in spirit, you think um, maybe that is talking about just, not having much in life just being poor but it doesn't mean that at all um, being poor in spirit is just having a spirit that is humble that is just broken before the lord that's just open your hands your feet your you know you're just willing to do anything that the lord asked you to do um, and that's being poor in spirit it's just recognizing that you're a sinner saved by grace and it's only by his grace and mercy that you are saved and i i literally Cried reading the Beatitudes and realizing that morning how far off the mark I was, and it just humbled me honestly
0: yeah i you know um i I find that it's you know we we sort of we have this picture of what it means, but we haven't really dug into. You know the layers of, of what it means for you individually, for the church as as a as a, as a corporate body, and then for the the body of Christ as a, as a entire entity. You know all over the world, and so I, I I like that you you addressed it. I like that you delved into it, and and you know I'm very excited about where that resource is going to take people.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Brendan, so I have to ask you a question. I know this is kind of early in the game. We just started the interview. But um, I want to ask you if you agreed with the whole concept or if you felt like there was differences. like, um, or, or are you just open-minded? I, I, I'm just curious.
0: I didn't disagree with any of what you were saying. Um, you know, and so part of the reason i i may uh, there are some connections that are just god connections and so yeah. for me you know the the way that god works is he's not he he's intimately into everybody's details of their life he cares and so there's yeah. a point where you know for instance my salvation isn't hinging on certain things that your salvation would be hinged on because I'm right. a different person. I'm a different being. There are things that I struggle with that you won't struggle with. There are things that would be a problem for me or for my area or my church that wouldn't be a problem for Indiana or for the Pentecostals of Alexandria. And so and, – and a lot of that has to do with the culture and, you know, that's the thing about America is that the culture is so different in Maine from, you know, yes. California or Florida or North Carolina or Oklahoma. And so we've all got these different cultures, but with these different cultures yes. come, obviously, strong men, you know, and, and things, spirits that have strongholds in the area. Um, so yeah. I I don't I don't disagree. I don't
1: Thank you. Thank. You. I just. I was just curious. Um, I wanted to hear your insight on that. Thank you for answering.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to give you the floor, and uh, we'll just see what the Lord will do.
1: Okay. So you just want me to um, speak a little bit. So I, as I said, um, that morning was just that the Lord spoke into my heart. I literally wept, cried. Um, when the Lord spoke and began to build this whole idea of, oh my goodness. I mean, because even in our church just recently, someone came up and they said, you know, blessed are those that mourn. And and they were reading a whole different idea into what God really meant on when he said, blessed are they, those who mourn. Um, what God meant by that, it wasn't mourning a lost loved one. It wasn't mourning, you know, um, someone passing away a dear friend passing away what that concept meant mourning it was and this is the part it just tore my heart out it's like mourning your own sin mourning that you haven't lived up to what jesus christ is wow knowing that we can't and so that when that when that hit me like that with the mourning of you know our sin um I, I literally, honestly, Brandon, it's very humbling because um, we've looked at it wrong. Not, I mean, it's okay to maybe use it out of context. I mean, when you're grieving, of course, you're going to look at that scripture and say, blessed are those that mourn, you know, for they shall see God um, for, or they shall be comforted. So, but what that really means, what that really meant, you know, I just said, mentioned was just mourning and grieving that you've disappointed God, that what? you disappointed God. So um, I do wanna say that I, I, as you probably caught you off guard a little bit, maybe some of my other readers as well, because I've, I've gotten a huge response from the book already, and it's been absolutely amazing. Um, I've only had very, I've had very few that disagreed, but um, the ones that have were within my family. And I grew up in a very, strict, if I can say it that way, but a very loving, loving family. And so, um, we've all branched out into different areas of ministry, different areas of where God is, you know, calling us to be. Um, and so there's some that are very conservative. There's some that are middle of the road, um, where I consider, my, you know, and you know, certain ones in my family. And then there's some that, maybe would be considered liberal and I know that that's not what this conversation really is all about but um, when I was addressing some of my issues and some of my things in the book um, I received some feedback from my family that um, they didn't necessarily agree with but um, I feel like any book that's 100% agreed on you know you don't want that you want people to Um, grow and learn and expand their hearts and so in writing this I chose different titles for my chapters Um, and so keep making avocado toast blessed are the poor in spirit um, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and that poor in spirit um, what my whole idea was when I was writing that chapter um, it's to keep trying new things to have an open heart Um, the poor in spirit are, are humble. They're meek. They're, you want to exemplify those things in your life. And um, so be open. Be open. Don't have a, a, an attitude of you have it all together. You have all the answers. You're perfect. Um, so in writing that chapter, blessed are you know the, the poor in spirit, it's those that um, are seeking to please the Lord in a very humble, in a very humble way. And um, so my idea was I'd never tried avocado toast before. And I was open and I, I wanted to try it because I love avocado and I wanted to try it. So I was very open and absolutely loved, loved, loved um, what I was tasting. And I think when we're open to the things of God, everything from the Lord is beautiful everything every gift from the Lord is absolutely amazing and so when your heart is open to try these beatitudes the the Jesus way sure it's going to humble you and it's going to um convict you there's a lot of conviction in this book and um I I was convicted myself I, I was so convicted over how wrong I I really had been living so um in, in the next chapter, um, chapter two, a blue a blue sky and a white balloon, in that chapter, I get very raw and very transparent. It says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And um, to be honest and to be very transparent, um, my husband and I were going through a very difficult time. We were pastoring a church, raising two beautiful kids. Um, things were thriving in our life and if you were to look into our lives you would see possibly a perfect christian family but we were anything but that inside the four walls of our home there was a lot of hurt going on in my life a lot of things that i didn't understand we had differences on you know how he was addressing things within the family and so i went through a very um dark time during this time and so a blue sky and a white balloon was the day that i realized um, it was out of the blue that this happened. I didn't expect this moment to like, come like this. My husband was very open and very receptive. God was in the moment. There was an anointing actually like in our car when this whole idea just evolved. When I just began to open up all of my heart and, and we were able to do it in such a peaceful, loving, God-centered way. Um, And he began to heal our marriage in that moment. And we've been seeing, you know, we're very open to Christian counselors and and people that can help and um, advise us. We're very open to that. And we both had already gone through that, but this was just a different moment that was God ordained. And when that moment happens, um, I was, I was mourning. He was mourning and, We were both mourning how we had hurt each other and how much pain there was, um, that had to be brought out in that moment. And my husband, and so if I break down and cry, please forgive me, but my husband and I, um, it was his idea to go get that white balloon and to walk out on the deck of Zaxby's where we were, um. And so we ran to the store, got a white balloon, came back to the deck where we were at Saxby's that had been eating our lunch. Um, and when all this came pouring out, and um, he, we just let it, the balloon go into the sky. But what's so amazing is that balloon never popped and it went as far east as you could possibly see it go. And you know that scripture, that your sins are as far east as they are from the, that scripture. Like that literally just, grown up in our soul and thought, "Oh my word, God is transforming our lives right here. He's casting these this anger, this darkness, everything out of our life." And it was beautiful. And Amen. so we let that off. And so I recommend that to anyone. There's gonna, there is. If you haven't already gone through a day of reckoning um, in your relationships in life, um, you're gonna come to a day of reckoning. You're going to come to a day where the Lord just begins to speak into your life. because He cares about each one of us so individually, like you said. He cares about us so much. And so um, that day we let that balloon off and we felt like we mourned, truly mourned our sin and our our um, just the anger and the bitterness and everything that, you yeah. Know, we're
0: marriage i i feel like and, and i and i you don't have to i i, I would understand but uh, this is just what i feel right now um there could be someone listening who's really really struggling who whether it's in their marriage whether it's in you know the church they're in and they just feel uh, uh, overwhelmed with, with this, all this negative emotion, whether it's from past hurts, current hurts, things that are going on, um, whether it's something that's going on in their organization. This is just what I feel. What, how do you encourage or let's do it this way. What would you do to encourage or what would you say to encourage someone who, who is going through it to keep hanging on?
1: To keep hanging on, I, to- I believe in um, just true, true, divine forgiveness, um, and I believe that I would encourage you that if you're listening today, you're listening to this podcast. If you've had some bumps in your marriage, if you've had bumps in your, um, in your family, your your immediate family, um, there's so many things that this could could address um, that have just built up. It's just going to build up. And there were layers and layers and layers and layers that came out that day. Um, And it was just a day of reckoning. And so I would just recommend um, just coming face-to-face with that giant that's in your life and being honest um, with God first. That's who it starts with. And just say, God, there's obviously tension in my relationships. There's tension in my home. There's tension here. And I want to... I, I want you to intervene um, if I need to make a phone call. If I need to sit down and talk to my spouse. If I need to sit down and talk to a brother or a sister um, that's hurt you, that's damaged you, then do then do that. Um, just say what what you did really hurt me, and I want to, I want to remove this elephant in the room. I want to get rid of it. I want to um, do this the Jesus way and. And and it, right when it says, blessed are they that mourn, God's going to um, comfort you when you do that. He's going to come around. He's going to wrap around to that person. The presence of God was in the car when my husband and I were having this discussion, and and I was sharing with him every single thing in my life that I just felt like I needed to get out. And honestly, I, I thought we had done that before you were married. You know how before you get married, you investigate both spouses are investigating each other like who are you and what are you you all about and i didn't even know my husband you know at the time so it took 11 months to um talk a lot over the phone get a lot of things you know out and this is who i am and um because i just feel like honestly to answer your question brandon and to address anyone out there i would just encourage you to take it to the lord and then pray that god gives you the courage to pick up the phone or to have that difficult conversation and the relief that you will have in your soul, it's unbelievable. God will come down and comfort you and give you that peace.
0: Absolutely. and that's the thing. The thing is, if we want to do things the Bible way, the Jesus way, the hurt, the pain, the bitterness, it's got to go. You know yes. we talk about Jesus, how he kissed Judas the man who was betraying him he kissed him and still called him friend he's hanging on the cross and he said father forgive them for they know not what they do you know and so a lot of times people speak out of turn they speak out of anointing they speak you know and 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 they're not they're not necessarily speaking for god and, but they speak as if they are but that doesn't mean that they're always right and people will say things that are hurtful because they're not speaking you know as an oracle of the lord but they're speaking in their flesh and and too often too often i feel people in spiritual authority do that but you know the the key is is that we cannot allow those things to hinder our own personal walk with god and our own personal salvation because if we do we 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 it's it's just not worth it. There is nothing, nothing, nothing. And I cannot stress it enough. There is nothing, no hurt, no pain, nothing you've been through that is worth hanging on to and losing eternal life over. Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe that with my whole heart. And, um, you know, without forgiveness, knowing we'll see God. Um, that's right. That's, that's, so I um, I really believe But you're doing yourself a huge favor by just getting all of that out of your heart. And I was 50 years old when it happened, um, you know, just, or 50, it just happened, you know, a year and a half ago. And that, when that moment happened, um, as I was writing the book, that just, that whole idea just came to my mind of I've got to share this story. I've got to tell people and it worked perfectly with blessed are they Who Mourn." you Amen. know? So, um, their sin. Blessed are they who mourn their sin. And that's what that scripture is really referring to. Um, the next one, the next chapter, chapter three, Unsung Heroes, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, I was very young when my dad passed away. I was 18 years old. He passed away of cancer. Um, but there was a time that my dad. Um, when he was an evangelist, he was a great evangelist. Anyone of you out there that uh, may be listening—if you ever heard the name Wayne Odom—he um, was just a huge evangelist back in the, back in the fifties, um, the early fifties, and you know that that age range. So I don't know if there would be any of those listening, the older ones, but um, that would have known him. But he. He actually was crushed by ministry, and so he was running from he he i don't necessarily call it backslid he just stopped going to church he was hurt by men in the ministry and he stopped um he was we were living in Delaware at the time delaware um, and I'm trying to remember exactly because I was just young back then when all of this was going on but um I remember he was out on his um, milk truck early in the morning when um, he had you know stopped going to church and he was delivering milk back in those days milk truck and um, he there was this this euphoria or this uh, trance that and I likened it to what happened to Paul he had to pull over on the side of the road in his milk truck and he was taken out on this ledge in his, in this vision and he was shown hell and he was shown heaven. And this individual that was speaking to him, he felt like it was almost an audible voice speaking to him and saying, and said, Wayne, this is your crown. It's no longer yours. This is your robe. It's no longer yours. And he just came awake after that. Like he just, it was just an awakening for him. And he sped home, fell on the floor, and just began to weep and cry over just allowing the hurts to step in his way. He was, and he was such a meek man and um, he was so humble before the Lord and he didn't want to hurt the Lord, but men had hurt him and he didn't know what to do with that. And so he, um, it was then that it was soon after that everything started getting in place for us to move to Connecticut. And he, um, You know, his call came back on his life in a mighty, powerful way. Um, And he started the church in Connecticut, and um, it grew to be a beautiful church. So um, why I call this my unsung hero is he was at the church for just um, maybe 10, it was about 10 years when he was diagnosed with cancer, Um, and he, you know, became... Very, he was just—he was very, very sick, um, and we weren't sure, you know, what the future of the church, you know, would hold. You know, with him being sick, my brother came home and took over some of the responsibilities. Um, but his cancer went into remission, but then it came back full force. And when it came back full force, people began to speak into his life, saying, "God is going to heal you. God's going to divinely heal you." And people would come by the house and pray over him, but. A great dear friend of his, Clifford Readout from Connecticut, um, a dear friend of my father, um, came to the house and he said, Wayne, I, I received a dream last night and I felt like I needed to come in and, and talk to you about this dream. And he said, you are not going to, um, be healed of cancer. God is, um, choosing to take you home and my dad just lifted his hands and began to praise the lord and he said i had felt that same thing and he said i was just being directed by all these other people but he said the lord spoke into my life and told me the same thing and he sent you to confirm it so he was still able to get to church um, and preach them and it was during that time um, that it was on a um, Sunday evening, and we'll never—I'll never forget this as long as I live. This old man walked through the back of our church down the center of our aisle, handed, um, just kind of gave a hand motion to my to my father for him to come, to, so he could. He said, "I was just sent to tell you that your crown and your robe were restored to you," and um, and it just reflected my mom's. Just looked back on that and said, "Way, that's you know, that's the vision that you." had that you shared on your milk crowd and we were all just crying like, wow, this, this is beautiful. Like, and, and it was it was shortly after that, that my dad passed away, but he, um, he's just, he handled things. There's different things that would happen. He was on the district board in Connecticut. There's, um, different things that happened that he always stood up for what was right. Um, and he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to do that. He was a voice and wasn't afraid to do that. And he was very, um, he was just very meek. So when it comes to being meek in spirit, um, I think the ultimate example we have, of course, is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. He was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, go to the <clears throat> cross, sacrifice and die for all of us To, And I think just keeping that meek, Humbled spirit that so, although my dad was hurt and bruised and crushed, he said, You know, he's not going to listen to the voice of men, he's going to listen to the voice of God. And sometimes that's huge. It takes a lot of meekness to do that, it takes a lot of just being humble and being, um, I don't know, just being right before the Lord. Amen. So, um, the the next chapter, chapter four, um, when it talks about 13 homemade pies. It's blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness where they shall be filled. And, um, you know, a, I, a lot of my book reflects how I was raised. Um, and it was during this time that, um, you know, my dad was actually pretty sick, but my mom decided that Thanksgiving, she wanted to make things really special for all of us kids. And she made us all our very own, um, Homemade pie, whatever we wanted. And there's, you know, like I said, there's 12 of us. Um, and then my dad. So that was a lot of pies to make. But she was, she made, she made one for all of us. But um, I wanted to share the reason it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who hunger and when you're seeking after the Lord with all of your heart and you want nothing but right. come into your heart. You want nothing but his pure righteousness to come into your heart. Um, That's what he's after. He's after a heart that is hungry. And so in this chapter, I just dive into um, I I wanted to share a part here. Um, It's right here. So it was was, I brought in the part. I'm just going to share with you what it says it's um it's in that chapter it's in chapter um for the second page the second paragraph it says but there's something far greater than food that i want to pass down to my children something that i hope everyone who's reading this will crave and hunger for as good as homemade pies where food is it leaves you hungering for something more later, a quick fix that leaves you craving later again. It never completely satisfies you. But God's word promises that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. filled. Pursuing a hunger for God and his righteousness is the greatest thing we can ever do. A genuine thirst for the things that please the Lord will lead you to a life of joy and completeness. You'll never search again for anything else because of pursuit for him. Too many people spend their life aimlessly searching for something else to fulfill the God-shaped void in their lives. All of us are hungry, all of us thirst. The problem is that we aimlessly try to fill that emptiness, that hunger with things other than the righteousness of God. So that spiritual hunger, if you're feeling that something is missing in your life, seek after God's righteousness, the right things of the Lord, and he will fulfill that void.
0: Amen. well, I don't want you giving away your whole book because I want people to be encouraged and provoked to get get themselves a copy. So, why don't you just tell them where they would go to get a copy, where they could go to follow you, um, if you know they wanted to get in touch or if they just wanted to follow some of some of your your ministry, your writing. Why don't you just tell our listeners about that?
1: Okay, awesome. So you can actually purchase my book on Amazon. Um, just go to Amazon and type in The Elephant Has Left the Room. You can purchase that on uniform. And then you can also purchase purchase it from my blog. I put out a blog that I, I've been trying to keep it updated, especially recently since my book has been out. Um, and it's maryhudson.blog. So you can go there. And if you want a, you know, a personal signed copy, I'd be happy to do that for you and send it to you personally. Um, so if you want that, you can go to my blog. And just pay for the book through PayPal and we'll send you one personally and um, and I'll sign for you. Um and so yes, if you and our services at Live Connections are um, they are live every Sunday morning here um in Fishers, Indiana. So um my husband is a dynamic speaker. He um like I said, spoke um and taught at Indiana Bible College for 15 years and he's pastoring for 18 years and so our um, services are open and they're on the you know they're on YouTube live every Sunday so and Wednesday so if you want to tune in to us um, like connections you know just type in like connections um, on your YouTube channel and you'll our church will be brought up soon tremendous but Brandon, well, thank you so much for giving me this Amazing opportunity to share part of my story and my blood.
0: An honor to do this today. It was a privilege to have you. I'm glad that you were able to carve the time out. Um, I'm very excited about what the Lord's going to do. And uh, but I guess we'll end it there. Okay. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you. Who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.